Hi, I'm Danny Elfman. This is Shirley Manson. This is Debbie Harry. This is Chris Steiner Blondie. This is Roland Orzabal from Tears for Fears. This is Billy Idol. This is Alex Ebert, a.k.a. Edward Sharp, giving the story behind the song. Hi, this is Peter Chotty, host of the story behind the song. Each month I speak to some of music's biggest artists to get the inside stories behind their most lasting and iconic songs. Join me for new episodes on the third Monday of every month on the story behind the song from the Consequence Podcast Network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to Going There, the crossroads where music and mental health meet. This season of Going There is brought to you by the fine folks at the Janssen Pharmaceutical Companies of Johnson & Johnson, who never stop working to create a future where disease is a thing of the past. In honor of July being BIPOC Mental Health Month, this month's episodes will center around the voices and experiences of artists of color. Today, we are talking with musician Taylor Bennett. Now, many of you know Taylor as the younger brother of Chance the Rapper. But Taylor has carved out a name for himself not only as an artist, but also as an entrepreneur. He hit the music scene with his mixtapes, such as The Taylor Bennett Show in 2013, and was soon releasing full-length albums, such as his 2018 album, Be Yourself, and his recent 2022 album, Coming of Age. He soon had millions of Spotify plays and has appeared on The Tonight Show, Jimmy Kimmel Live, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And Taylor has accomplished all of this as an independent artist, founding his own label, Tay Bennett Entertainment. You can find all of Taylor's music, tour info, and updates at taylorbennett.co. Now, on the Going There podcast, we have the tough conversations to address important issues so that we can learn from each other, challenge the stigma of mental illness, and get the care we need. And Taylor and I talk about a very interesting concept, something of a life philosophy that he called uplifting individuality. This refers to the idea that in order to discover our best self, we must be able to focus on how we as individuals can constantly grow and develop. This is how we figure out who we are, what we want in the world, and how to attain our optimal mental, physical, and social health. And in an ideal world, we would have the freedom and capability to always be growing and developing into our healthiest, happiest, and most authentic selves throughout our lives. But unfortunately, we often face many barriers to our embracing uplifting individuality that often leave us feeling stuck and trapped, unable to move forward. For example, when we struggle with mental illness such as depression or anxiety, we can often feel that our mood is stuck and we can't find the motivation or the energy to work to develop our lives. Similarly, the stigma of mental illness can have that same stagnating effect whereby some people will judge our struggles with our mental health as permanently limited or dysfunctional and directly or indirectly limiting our pathway to uplifting individuality. And one of the things Taylor and I talk about is that sometimes even things in the world that are meant to help us grow can wind up being limiting. As an example, Taylor talks about how things like money and the internet can sometimes give us access to grow and develop, but sometimes can actually stifle our progress on our mental health journey. Taylor and I then go on to talk about how he copes with the challenges of trying to pursue uplifting individuality in his life and mental health journey, including exploring his feelings through his music and having his own independent label so he can pursue his authentic creative vision. He also talks about how he engages in certain health behaviors such as healthy eating and exercise. 
We also go on to talk about a very interesting concept of whether or not we should stay focused in a given moment or take a break and disconnect from whatever we are feeling or doing at that moment as part of understanding how to cope with a difficult emotional situation. Now, as we progress through this season of going there, our goal is to bring you, the audience, further into the conversation. On the Consequence website and wherever you find these episodes, you'll also find a short questionnaire. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions you have that have been sparked by our conversations with these incredible artists, and topics you'd love to see addressed. We incorporate these responses into episodes, as well as a monthly column called Ask Dr. Mike on the Consequence website. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. These help other folks find their way into the conversation so they can go there with us. So let's go there and listen to what Taylor has to say. Hey, Taylor, welcome to Going There. What's up, man? Thank you. I'm glad to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So let us go there, if you will. And let's talk about a song that, from your perspective, uh, really represents your mental health journey. Yeah. There's a really good record on this new project that I just put out, Coming of Age. It's called Today. And it features one, one of my favorite artists, um, Tom Higginson from the Plain White Tees. They did Hey There, Delilah, and One, Two, Three, Four. Amazing stuff. They're from the Midwest. He's actually from Chicago. So like that was something I didn't even know growing up, found out doing this project. Um, but the song in itself today, it, it, it does something that I think a lot of music sometimes where some songs will take you to a different moment or to a different place or be that getaway song. This song more focuses in that exact moment where you are. And the chorus is today, I left all my cash at home and had a good day. Today, I left all my calls on hold and had a good day. And that comes from this idea that one, of course, you know, we live in a world where everything is run off of economics, money, everything is monetized, music, fashion, food, you name it, it's advertised, it's sold and pushed to you. So the idea of not having, you know, any cash and going outside and having a good day And it was something that kind of threw me off because I was like, wow, that's crazy. But if I left my wallet at home, I know this might sound weird, but I might instantly be having a bad day. There's a lot of stuff that I can't do. So it's about the idea of if you didn't have this money, having a good day and what does that look like and what kind of freedom do you mentally offer yourself? Um, And then the other half of it is, and this is where it's crazy. I was doing an interview um, with a good friend of mine the other day, Matt from Madden Kim, that's also on the new project coming of age. And he was talking about social media. And I've just been hearing this conversation everywhere since the pandemic, where it's like, they feel, or I have felt trapped in my phone. So whether it's Instagram, Twitter, YouTube advertisements, it's like I'm living in this space. And I think the issue sometimes with entertainment is, of course, it's an expression of everyone and themselves. And everyone is unique. Everyone is their own person. But a lot of times, if you constantly keep seeing this one thing thrown at you, you start to figure out or think about ways that either it correlates to you or how you can also be conjunction within whatever is going on. So the idea of that is imagine not just leaving your phone where you're not talking to anybody, but imagine not having Twitter for a day. Imagine not having Instagram for a day. Imagine not trying to take the best selfie for a day or not trying to keep up with the newest basketball stats. What would you learn about yourself? Um, And today, 
And that's what's also I love about it is that it's not saying that what if one day you woke up and you didn't have your phone? What if one day you don't? it's saying today, like in this moment, if you were to walk outside your house with no phone and no money, how can you have a good day? And how can we all get to that point where we don't need money or social media or others' opinions to influence our happiness? You know, I think what you're talking about gets into a really interesting and I think almost a bigger philosophical question that a lot of people have with mental health. And it particularly becomes a problem around the idea of meditation mm. because there's kind of a a question. It's almost a game of chicken in a way. Like, do you get better mental health by fully immersing yourself in the moment that you're having now? you know, and, and get into flow and, and, and learn how to tolerate whatever's happening and being there? Or is it better to take your mind away mm. to something else? And one of the biggest problems that sometimes people have is that they think they're doing one kind of meditation, then they wind up doing the other kind, you know? Right. So what, the, what they, what they really want to be doing is, you know, kind of taking their mind someplace else so they can tolerate what's going on. But they're like in the moment, it's like, oh my God, I just scared myself. Right. And I think that that's a big question that people have. And I'm kind of curious from your perspective, because today is really to some degree saying, hey, there, there's a mental health path in just being in the moment. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, and then what I would also say, and this is like my big pet peeve about anything I do, it's all about balance and it's all about poise. How do you figure out on certain days stepping away and then on other days being in that moment? And I think that a lot of times what I've learned from my experience is that the best thing you can do is take a step back. And it seems like I think a lot of times you're so worried about how these things can affect you. But if you can actually take a step back and think about how these things will affect you or think about, then it'll give you. And then I also say this, you get a first impression but you can always try something twice. And usually it's from those failures that I've come through or gone through, whether it be musically or in my personal life, that I've really grown as a person. And it's through those experiences. And that is a reason why I've always loved to create music about my own experiences, because the hope is that through the way that I am conversing this to my listeners, that maybe they'll be able to see some of the experiences, things that I've gone through, and still will have to go through them because this is life, but maybe we'll have a little less of a chip on their shoulder in terms of the understanding to navigate through that cycle. Yeah. And that's, it's so interesting that you say that because one of the things when I was training uh, as a psychologist that one of my supervisors said was that, you know, there's always going to be that urge when you hear something that you want to jump in right then and intervene because mm. you feel like, well, what if the person never brings it up again? You know, what if this is your only chance to help the person? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes a lot of times like people will, will get, you know, maybe over, they'll overdo it or they'll, they'll yeah. get like, you know, and it, it's like, you know, it, it'll always come around again. You'll, you'll get other opportunities. And I think what yeah, you're yeah. talking about here is sometimes people think like, well, like, I've, I've got to be in the moment. I've got to be in the moment. I've got yeah. to escape. I've got to escape. And just be like, hold on a second. Take a moment. You know, this is a lifelong process. Like you don't have to have it all figured out right away. Definitely. And I think what's, I love that you're saying this. Um, I was doing an interview with a good friend of mine, Ebro, um, at Hot 97. And he had said something to me. It was so interesting. 
because it's not very often I think us as people think about the different levels of society, especially now with the internet, right? Like we've been talking about social media, um, but I remember when I was a kid, cyberbullying was like, it was the first conversation, right? So like, it was like the first time there were commercials and different things. And they talked about the idea of these people that would speak about you at school, but then you would go home and there's no supervision, no teachers, and these kids are just coming at you and they're just pouring out saying whatever. There's nobody to kind of protect you from that. And what's very interesting is that there's a lot of similarities with Instagram and with Twitter and with those spaces. So something that Ebro said to me that was so interesting, and it touches on what you just said, is you remember when you were in school and maybe you're late for science class and you're walking to homeroom and you see seven kids running in the opposite direction and one of them stops and they say, hey, man, there's this huge, this huge fight or this huge food fight going on in the cafeteria. You want to head this way? And in your mind, you know that you're already late. But there's something about you that you want to be there. And it's not to be a part of it, to participate, but maybe just to see it happen. And then think about that idea on Instagram, right? So when something comes up, that's a negative thing and you're having a great positive day, you're scrolling, there's something about you. And I think it's, I don't think it's a negative thing. I think it's a positive thing that it's in human nature to want to see what they could help which is similar to what you said in terms of wanting to act in those situations. And then, of course, with social media, you have the freedom to like or dislike or comment, right, which is very similar to the ways that we can talk. So there are various connections to the Internet. And I think the difference between the Internet and high school, again, or school, school gets out at three o'clock. The Internet lasts forever and it never stops. It's like the magazine issue that never stops going. It keeps getting pressed. There's always something. So I think that we have to find our balance um, through our mental health. And that could be as easy as saying, no, you know what, I'm going to go to science class or saying, you know what, maybe I'm not going to look at this video. Um, because the thing you don't think about as well is when you look at those videos, whether you like it, comment or share it, the analytics will place that video automatically to somebody that's in your following with a similar you know, category. So we got to figure it out and we got to also be able to look into us and realize that there's nothing more important on Instagram than the people that are using it, right? So it's us, you know, how do we give ourselves that time and also separate and take that step? Yeah. And one of the things, you know, that you're talking about, I mean, for, for people, I think of my generation that three o'clock, right? Yeah. There, there was, it was a kind of a combination of a problem because if there was going to be some kind of bullying or a fight or a problem, it, sometimes it would happen at three o'clock. And so you're kind of looking towards that as like, oh God, this is, oh God, this so, is, right. this is bad. This is bad. But then on the other hand, you could in theory escape. And escape. I think that right. a lot of people went through this with, or the movies would, would almost vision like kids like They're running, running around home, the, you know, yeah. and, and avoiding the bullies. And this, this idea that the bullying the cyberbullying in some ways may never stop. Mm. It really then brings into this question of what you were talking about originally, which is how much do you connect in and how much do you, you step back and to be able to just take a moment and think what's better for me, for me right now. That's yeah. the, you got to say it one more time for the people in the back. What is the best for me? Right. I know it's in it just for anybody listening. It's, it's hard to think about yourself first. Um, and that is not a bad thing. That is like a great human 
characteristic. But a lot of times, especially in these times, you have to think about what are you putting in your body? It's not just food. You know, for me, my mental health is also physical health. I have weights and all types of stuff around my office. What are you eating? What are you watching? What are you reading? Those things, you know, they're not just something that goes in one ear and out the other, you know, and you know this. Very important. Well, no, and and one of the things that I think that you've talked about in the past that's related to this, which I, I really thought was an interesting concept, which is the, the idea of uplifting individuality. Yes. Right. Now, what I liked about that was there's kind of like two meanings of that. There's like uplifting, meaning like positive individuality, and then also elevating individuality. Yeah. And I, I think I'd like to, if it's okay, talk a little bit more about that concept because it sounds like exactly what you're talking about right now. Definitely. Well, you know what's interesting, man? Um, because I'm also an independent artist, so I don't have like a record deal or anything, which gives me the freedom a lot of times to speak on different conversations that have amplified my career in a lot of ways more than I ever expected it to. Um, but what I also have had the pleasure or privilege to see as an independent artist is there's almost, because everything is monetized and everything is for sale and everything is, there's almost no independent thought in mainstream. So it could be television, it could be radio, it could be movies. There's less and less of actual conversations, things that affect us as people, as communities, being combated with mainstream television. Um, and I think something that has been a big benefit to me is that in the recent, you know, I want to say like last five years, there has been a lot of progression in terms of different companies, different people wanting to have conversations, wanting to hear about other communities, wanting to invest in other communities. And larger than anything in terms of the amplifying of the music, it's allowed me to travel my conversation to a lot of places that I don't think it it would have ever gone. Um, and most importantly, being an independent artist, having this free thought, having this creative control has almost made it where marketing, and it's a crazy thing to think about, but my brand is be yourself. And the only way that a brand like that can exist and thrive is within a world where there's so much other stuff that's not about expressing yourself and is about selling an idea to people and pushing what they should be, what they should do, how they should dress, how they should behave. And like, that's so far away from what I am and what I try to push that the Be Yourself brand is almost like, you know, when you play any, and this is just my opinion, and of course I'm gonna love myself, but when I feel like when you play my music versus when you play a lot of music from other spaces, you can tell that there's a message that's being pushed in anything that you do, right? Like, what are you eating? What are you digesting? And what I try to push and what I hope people find from my music isn't so much of a, oh yeah, buy my next album or, oh yeah, like come to my tour or, oh yeah, this guy is trending and he's cool and he's, but is, I love how authentic this guy is. And there's the only thing that I want to buy or that I want to join in on is how do I become more of what he's doing? And that's expressing myself. And it's a thing where, you know, even down to the merchandise, down to the tours, trying to create a brand like Be Yourself, where it's something that you could wear to school, you could go to a show, you can 
um, work out and exercise. You can also chill out and relax. Like it's about being universal. And that is how I want my music to travel. And that's how I want people to see me as an artist is not somebody that is a description of a certain genre of people or group or community, but more of someone that they can see that is pushing the ideas that they have as well, and hopefully helping support the world they want to see. Because I do believe we have that power with media as to shape. Yeah. Now, so here's, here's one of the things that that can get really tricky with that concept because I, I, I actually agree with you. Like one of the ways when I work with people is I really talk about what I would call a more purpose driven model. You know, what is like, like you are always with you. You know what I mean? Like you have to start by just the things you said. It's like, and you think when people always think about, well, I want a partner for this. I want a friend for this. It's like, okay, but like, what would you be doing? Right. What would, what would you be feeling? What would you be saying? you know, to yourself and make sure that you're doing all of those things. Yeah, no, I mean, something is really interesting, man. And, you know, I've had, I'm, I'm very blessed, man. I've had a, a amazing life to this point. I've seen a lot of different things. I've been down, I've been up just like so many other people, but I've, I've also had, you know, I've been blessed and fortunate to run into situations where I have had some kind of financial money and things like that. And what's interesting is I have a younger cousin. And um, his name is DJ. He loves baseball. He loves football. Ever since we were kids, like he's played on baseball, played on football. And one day we were having a conversation at dinner and I just said, hypothetically, let's say tomorrow a recruiter came into Chicago and is like, we want to sign this kid. We got a $500 million baseball deal for him. How would you spend the money? And he started telling me, he's like, well, first I give my friend a record deal. You know, I move you know, all my people to a better neighborhood, you know, I do that, da, 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 I do this, I do that, I buy a house. I buy, and I was like, okay, that's good. I was like, you, you still have about $425 million left. What are you going to do with it? And he's like, well, then I'll probably go maybe invest into this and invest into that. I was like, okay, cool. It's like, you still got about $400 million left. What are you going to do with it? And eventually got to like 350 million. He was like, I don't know. And I think there is a big push in the world for us to chase what we consider success upon what we've seen others with. And a lot of those things are material values. And I saw an interview, I keep bringing this up um, because I love Jim Carrey, where he was saying that after Sonic the Hedgehog 2, he was going to retire. And they were asking him why. And he was like, you know, I love movies, but I feel like, you know, I've, I've succeeded at it. He's like, and honestly, this is something I've never heard in any interview. He said he feels like he had enough. And he said he didn't mean enough where, you know, too much, but what he loves, he said he loved to paint or something like that. He wanted to spend his days painting and doing what he loved to do because he had been successful at this thing that he wanted to do, but now was not what it once was to him. And it was just like a beautiful thing for me, man, because I feel like you don't, you know, mental health is something that literally, and I love the conversation about mental health because it doesn't have to revolve around money. It doesn't have to revolve around success. Like mental health, again, is about you and what makes you happy. And it's a crazy thing. But what I've seen is that I've seen people that have strived to chase every dollar that they could, or some people that have just lived carefree. And one of those people, like it doesn't matter how rich this other guy is, is much more content and fulfilled. Happiness is like a temporary thing, but you can always be joyful in what you do. 
And when I see sometimes that's where I want my fans, that's where I want to be. I want to enjoy life, you know, enjoy myself, you know, without having man-made things be the, 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 the hold of if I pursue happiness, whether that be materials, whether that be money, whether that be even some of the things that, you know, are very heavily promoted to us aren't what is going to make you happy. You know, you could have any girl or any guy or any clothes or any car and still feel like something is missing, you know? So maybe one of the things that we can talk about, it's interesting, uh, the difference between joy and happiness. Yeah. Cause, cause, and you could tell me if you agree with this, cause sometimes happiness for me is a, something of an elusive very elusive. I very rarely have happiness. I, I don't. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, I'm, I'm glad, not glad. Cause I want people to be happy if that's what they're into, but I tend to kind of go on the fulfilled, not fulfilled, stressed, not stressed, you know, but connected, not connected. You're talking happy, about balance. Well, it, it's more, it, it, I don't know if it's balance so much because I don't, I don't tend to find a, personally like a lot of balance to be honest like i tend to do better in the extremes like my my balance if you will is being extreme in in different ways so that it somehow like pulls me so that there's kind of a forced middle if you will like getting Um, ahead of things is that what you well i well i think like like take what you're talking about right now like the the idea of understanding oneself as an individual that to me in order for it to work for me personally, has to be an extreme I agree activity. With you. And I'll tell you, you have to you, you have to push back like a lot no, of stuff to get to that point. You're you're right, and I I love this conversation because you're you're teaching me a lot right now. In 2018, and it was just the anniversary of the album yesterday. I put out a project called "Be Yourself," and it was a project that was all about expression. But the cover art, it's like me. I'm kind of slumped, but I'm sitting. I have my tidy whities on, the rainbow color supporting the community. But then besides that, I have no clothes on. Um, that moment for me was a big moment because it was an acceptance of myself and the other opinions that were out there, whether it be social media or it be news reporters. It was me being authentically who I was and who I know I am. And since that point in time, I believe I've found and continued to build on who I can be and who I believe I am. And, you know, it's gone from losing so much weight to cutting out certain foods to, you know, different job promotions and being in certain spaces that at one point in time, I just thought weren't for me. Um, So I do agree with that because that was, I think that would be considered an extreme that some people putting on your tidy whities and letting the whole world see. so I understand. Yeah, I get that. No, but and and what you're, I mean, just think about the things that you mentioned, right? Food, sexuality, art, work that's separate from from your art. You know, it's it's that's already. I don't know how many things. That's like four things. Those are four journeys on your mental health journey mm, that you had wow. to go through in order to get to this point. Just just this point. In terms of embracing yourself as an individual, as as a person, as an artistic person, as a sexual person, you know, as a health, whatever you want to call a healthy person. And and I think that one of the things that I'm taking away so far from just talking with you is that, yeah, I mean, like, it's so important 
that you keep digging to understand yourself because at the end, but, but to be prepared that it is, it is not, is just like, Hey, like I'm going to be myself. It's like, because of all the things that you talked about at the beginning, you know, everything is designed, even that thing about the people saying, Oh, there's a, there's a food fight. Everything is designed to some degree yes. to bring you into someone else's Else's, orbit yes. or another. Ooh. And it's like, just, just being able to, to resist that in and of itself takes, I mean, I think this is like a lifetime journey for people it because is. it's like, but that's the whole thing. Yeah. Somebody told me this the other day and it's so important, man. And it's, it, it's something that hit me hard. I was talking about the rap industry and where rap is and this new project. I leaned a lot more into rock. Um, of course, there's still a lot of rap. It's like rap or uh, rock hip hop album. But the thing that he told me, and it was, it was really cool. He was saying that, um, you can, you can try to be, or you can work to be whatever you want to build up. And there'll be people from a media perspective that a lot of times will believe it because they don't see you behind the closed doors. But at the end of the day, if you really want true happiness, you have to be the person that's pushing it forward. You have to be the person that's saying, because, and I see it happen a lot of times to different entertainers or just anybody. When everyone's telling you you're happy, it's hard to argue, but it's not about how they feel. It's about how you feel. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Well, just, I mean, on a practical level, you know, just talking about mental health, I think one of the most common things that happens for people is uh, a misunderstanding of mental illness leads people to say, I don't understand. Like, you should be happy. You should be you happy. Know, you have mm. so many things going on in your life. Why are you depressed? That happens You're, to me all the time because people yeah. will say, I'll be like, I'm upset at this. And they're like, how can you be upset? You have this, you have this, you have this. But again, and that's something that's so important. And I had to really learn that for myself. My dad has taught me this. A lot of times you got to go ahead and pat yourself on the back. And you have to get used to that because there'll be very many times in your life where you're doing things that are positive for yourself, that are good for you, that make you happy or bring you fulfillment and joy. And you'll look around and that room will be empty, man. You'll be the most important day. Of your life. And if you can't figure out how to pat yourself on the back, it's the same thing. And I'll give you another one. It's a trick rubbing my head. So if I'm, when I was a kid, if I got in trouble, I'd start rubbing my head. And it's a thing that sometimes you might even do or people do. But for me, I, I, as I got older, I realized I was rubbing my head because it made me feel like there was someone else that was in presence, a grandmother, a father. You have to figure these things out and we have to figure them out for ourselves. It's, it's in, yeah. And I, I think what you were doing there is, and look, this is something that I'm trying in my own life. I encourage the people I work with. I think when, when you're talking about that presence, it's you observing you. It's you being there for you in a and, way that and it's like whatever hand that is that person and this is how i've always felt they're more advanced than me they're protecting me i feel more comfortable because they're there with me and that person that hand again it could be my dad and it's not really them it's always my hand but it could be my dad's hand it could be my grandmother's hand it could be someone saying okay we're gonna figure this out yeah. And, and one of the things that's tough though, and you know, you talk about it as an artist, part of the problem 
and you know, because you are one, as being an artist, is that at the end of the day, there is a degree to which the role that you play in a fan's life or a record label's life or, you know, an interviewer's life is is just always going to be a little bit off from your life, right? Yes. Because what, what I what what I get from, you know, take like a song, like when I hear a song that I really like, right? It's like that now has a need for me. So when I'm, you know, screaming, oh, play that song or I'm putting that song on, it's still the relationship of the song to me. It's and it's not, it's not to be disrespectful or anything. It's like, but I'm not necessarily thinking about you. the organic nature of that song of the artist. Yes. Like I'm, I'm just not like now I feel like it's my, like, I feel like it's my song now. And let me take bit. it and I'll take it to even, uh, even further level. No matter if you're an artist or not, let's say tomorrow I stop making music. There's going to be some people that are upset, but they're still going to have to pick their kids up. They're still going to have to pay rent. They're still going to have to get their groceries and, you know, and I can understand it. It's, it's not easy being in the music industry. You do become a, want. You're never a necessity, right? So you'll never be, even if you're Michael Jackson, you can get through the day without playing his music, right? What I believe was a blessing is that since I was a lot younger, I've always written music, not just from my perspective, but I've never made music just to be music. It has always been, I say, used to say this statement, I make music, I make timeless music for funerals and weddings, and I'm not ashamed of it. Like, I've always wanted people to feel like when they're getting music from me, that they have their own memory. Like, something that's so much more important because, and I really believe that in music, and that's why I love music so much, that's the value that we can bring to other people's lives. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, and actually, it, it, it brings me to what was going to be a follow-up question, which is, what is the music that has done that for you? Because that that wow. concept is, you know, but where, what was that for you or what continues to be that for you? Man, I'll say like, there's some different songs and I'll give you little brief breakdowns on why. Um, Vienna by Billy Joel was like one of my favorite songs growing up. And I think it was one of my favorite songs because he talks about in the song, the idea of rushing to grow up. But then he also talks about why are you rushing? And what is such the rush to get to this place and this space? And it was just a beautiful song for me because I feel like as a kid, I did feel like I wanted to be on the big TV. I did feel like I didn't want to listen to my parents and I didn't want to, but it was like this soothing way that he had delivered it that made me feel as if it was again, a theme song. That meaning to that song, total different meaning than I'm sure that he was writing. Then I'd say another, another one is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. So that was like one, like this project that I'm doing now, it's so much more expressive than music I was making as a kid. But man, you know, Queen, like that production, the delivery, the, the, the writing, the idea about you know, I'm sorry, you know, I just killed a man, you know, I might never see you again. Like the, the, there was so much to be painted in that song that it's almost like a motion picture every time I play it for sure. That's like one yeah. of my favorites. No. And, and, you know, one of the things that you're talking about with both of those artists is that, I mean, 
Bohemian Rhapsody is obviously, we could start with that one. There's such a, um, just because a lot of people don't know what a lot of the words mean, exactly. it's such a, it's such a, 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 like a projective test, you know, yes. where, you know, and obviously there are some things, you know, but I, I feel like we could, we could have a whole discussion just on like, you of know, course. you have like 10, <laughs> 10 people reading into that, but, but that, that concept of what you're talking about. And that's why I like it sometimes when artists don't say what a song is necessarily about Michael because Jackson, it's like one of my favorite quotes from Michael Jackson, the worst thing you can do as an artist is leave no room for imagination. Yeah. Because, because the, the, you know, it, it, it gets into so many issues of, and, and this is, you know, getting back to what we were talking about before that there's almost something when you're doing something for someone else that is inherently stagnant. Yeah. Because, because that someone else, it's like that moment in time when you're, when you're kind of, it's part of your individual dynamic, organic progression, it leaves room for the fact that what it meant five years ago, 10 years ago. And so with some of these songs, 50 years ago, however long, like it, it, it can mean something different in the in the current cultural context. It can mean something different to a different person. And now it's now it's alive. Now yes. it's dynamic. And I think that, you know, the idea that something that comes from such a sense of being alive would wanna it would wanna be like a, well now here's what it means, thud. And that's it. It's like that's just not the that's, that's not, not the, the movement, point. Man. No. And you know what else? I'll say those artists, they did me such a huge favor because I was able to experience the music of another generation and feel that it was just as good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that, like that right there, that's the ability to time travel, man. Like, and I, I really do appreciate, I really do hold that shit. Like, you know, when I do performances with my band, you know, like we're pushing more and more to get away from anything that is technology. Like, and it sounds crazy. Like I was talking to my music director last week, I'm like, you know, just so you know, my goal is one day for us to not have to use tracks. Like we already have a four piece band, my goal and everybody on the stage is like, what? Like, that's impossible. We can't do that. That doesn't make any sense. And I had to ask him, I'm like, so you're saying that there's never, there was never a point in time that musicians didn't have tracks. And they, this is what's funny. Their response was, no, we've always played with tracks. I'm like, no, I'm talking about Frankie Valley. Like I'm talking about like, you're telling me that these guys have, and they're like, Oh no. Like, and I'm like, there is a power like Freddie Mercury when he performs and takes that fucking stand out of any spot. There's a power in that man. Like, and I love the internet. I love the technology, but you know, another fun fact is my music is sample free. So I haven't sampled songs since like 2014. But like those thoughts and those ideas come from Freddie Mercury. They come from Billy Joel and Simon and Garfunkel and all these different people that when I was growing up, I was listening and I'm like, how did they make this shit so good? Well, and, and you know, the thing, the thing about it, again, getting back to the concept of uplifting individuality, right? So, so the thing that I like about it, it's uplifting. It's, yeah. it's perpetual. It's not uplifted individuality like you get to one, one. point no. you know and then you're like oh I'm, I'm uplifted now because when someone says to you well now you should be happy now you shouldn't be anxious now it's like that's that's not the right that's not frame. the right 
frame or delivery no. or even, and I like you said this, now they're entering your orbit. It's like, if I let me kind of figure this out, and that is a big thing too, and you said that, people feeling the need, of course, through their love, most of the time, I think to interject and try to speed the progression of someone else's mental health. And that I feel like works 0% of the time, you know? No, it's, it's, you have to, and, and I, this is something I, I definitely feel it's like, look, there's, there's unfortunately something that's, I think in our field and in society in general, things are irrational. They're distorted. They're unhinged. It's like, Look, there are certain situations where somebody is having, you know, like a like like a psychotic episode where they're seeing like something in the corner exactly. that, that's not that's not perceptually there. But generally speaking, we are not designed to be irrational. We're not designed there to be go. distorted. If there's something that you, we are feeling, it's it, you know, it chances are it's you haven't kind of figured out what it is. And look. Maybe because the thing that you said about the food, maybe it's that you've been eating too much sugar. Too much sugar, right? Maybe, maybe you it's because you haven't been eating enough. Yeah, maybe it's that. So it's not to say that 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 the reason is in fact the reason you thought it was originally. Like so, for yeah. example, like like if I fall, like let's say I take a nap in the middle of the day and I wake up for some reason for about fifteen minutes, I am like just ready. Yes, I, I'm angry. Yeah, I don't know what it is, and it's yeah. like so. I'll get into all of a sudden, like get into little like, you know, like arguments with my wife or my kids just, and I'm just afterwards, I'm like, wait, I, now I know. All right. That just don't, don't, don't talk to me within like 15 minutes. Right. There you go. So the, the reason may not be what you thought, but it's, it's there. It's kind of like, like Bruce Lee, you say like the pain will leave when it's done teaching. Exactly. You know what I mean? Don't force the pain to go because you're not helping. What you're just doing is you're, you're helping you because you don't like seeing me in pain, which I appreciate. And right. it's very loving on one but level. You're also but, really helping yourself. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. I, yeah. You, Cause you just want this to go away. You but, want this to go away. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, and that's why I really like that concept of uplifting individuality because it's like, look, there's a part of, of, of the suffering and whatever. And, and look, I don't, I don't obviously don't want anyone to be in pain. That's not the point. But if you are in pain, like forcing someone you know, to just say like, oh, stop it, you know, is, is because you should be feeling this. I mean, like you said, that works 0%, 0% of the time. Of the time. Yes. Yeah. No, 100%, man. So there it is. Taylor Bennett talking about uplifting individuality and how it has informed his personal, professional, and mental health journey. Now, there's so much to take away from the conversation with Taylor. But one thing I want to focus on was our discussion of ways that we cope with and soothe ourselves when we are struggling with our mental health. As an example, Taylor talked about how he throughout his life would rub his head when he was feeling stressed. And he and I both talked about how exercise can be an important coping mechanism when we are struggling with our emotional well-being. What's particularly important about that part of the conversation is not whether exercise or rubbing one's head is a particularly useful coping mechanism for you, but that part of uplifting individuality is the ongoing and often experimental process of figuring out how to best cope with mental health issues. Many of us feel that we should know how to make ourselves feel better right away. 
And if we're lucky, we find some things, whether therapy, medication, or behavioral techniques such as exercise, that can help us improve our mental health. But remember, our mental health journey is an ongoing and dynamic process that can unfortunately have ups and downs. Sometimes we feel that we have a better handle on our mental health, and other times we may struggle. And like Taylor described, sometimes we don't know whether to stay in a given moment or take a step back from a situation that's causing us stress. The key is to realize that the trial and error that we often have to go through is not a sign that we are failing. It's a sign that we are learning and growing. And this ongoing learning and growth is part of our mental health journey, that dynamic, uplifting individuality as we understand our most authentic self and how to best develop and improve our mental health. I want to thank Consequence Podcast Network and Sound Mind Live for including me in this wonderful project. And thanks to Pete Wilson and the Rooks for letting us use their song, I Know. This season of Going There is brought to you by the fine folks at Janssen Pharmaceutical Companies of Johnson & Johnson, who never stop working to create a future where disease is a thing of the past. If you are struggling with anxiety, depression, or addiction, and are looking for help, please call the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration National Helpline at 1-800-622-4357. If you're thinking about harming yourself and want to seek help, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. You may also go to the Sound Mind Live and Consequence websites for more information. So be healthy, be safe, and be kind to yourself and others. See you next time at the Crossroads.